0: Episode 110 of the Bevan James R Show, fake it till you make it. Radio team welcome along to episode 110 of the Bevan James, I'll show you a fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime lover of fitness, so that you can get all the benefits that come alongside it, I've got to say, I've been away on my honeymoon and over the last few shows I kind of pre-loaded those shows before I went away because when I was on my honeymoon I didn't want to be working so I, I kind of got all the work done before I went away and now I am back in my little office I've got a very small office in my home but I like my office and I'm kind of back to my comfortable zone with this show so it's quite cool to be back in here uh, today's show I've got some I'm going to be going deep into this in the main section of today's show with this concept of faking it till you make it and uh, I think you're going to find it really interesting, I read a book, I'm reading a book currently actually, it's a book about athletes and kind of mental game of athletes, it's called The Brave Athlete, and um, it's, it's an interesting book, but one thing they talk about is this concept of faking it till you make it, and I really like it, so I kind of, I've dug in, kind of taken some ideas from them, and dug a little bit deeper into my own thoughts around this, and we're going to dig deeper into that, into today's show, but I just kind of thought I'd share some interesting experiences with you from... My holiday and there's a couple of little interesting experiences, kind of from my inner experience in my holiday. So, it wasn't necessarily the things I did, although we had an amazing time. We were over in Europe for just under six weeks, and uh, we had Joe, my wife, and I. We had a pretty cool time, you know. Like Europe's, you know, coming from New Zealand. New Zealand is only about 100 and maybe 60, 70 years old, and so you go to Europe where you know we were in a town which was came around, you know. Um, you know, 300 AD, you know, kind of. And so you go to these places in the history and it's just such an an, an interesting, uh, quite a tragic history in Europe in certain places. Um, but just, you know, pretty mind-blowing. So we were kind of on our feet a lot getting around and experiencing Europe. And then we actually put on a triathlon camp along with my other podcast host, John Newsom. And wrote uh, a triathlon training camp, and then leading into a race, and it was, it was pretty cool. I got to say, I met a man, one of the one of the athletes on the camp, a lady called, um, now her name is, Mar- Marisa. Her name is, she says, it's like Teresa, with an M Marisa, and she's got a husband, and he is, um, he's a bit of a genius, to be honest. it was one of the ones, one times in life, I've met somebody who I purely considered a bit of a genius. Like I've met intelligent people, um. But This man, where there's just you know, there's a level of intelligence, I've just probably and I only really spoke to him a few times, but he was just a bit of a genius to be honest. And, and he had this very successful career as a businessman, as an academic, as but you could even just tell speaking to the man in a way that he was, um, yeah, just a very, very intelligent person. And I was very inspired by him. Uh, one thing I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always. I love surrounding myself with people who inspire me and, and in many ways, everyone in my life inspires me for different reasons. Like I had my friends around for dinner the other night and they've all got big families and it inspires me their kind of energy to their families and the love that they have in their families and I love that kind of stuff. Um, but this man inspired me because his attention to detail and, and I'll give a really good example. So I, I love consuming good content and so I kind of got a lot of facts in me and but I'm never that... You know, like a good example, so we were talking about the lisp in Spanish language and so if, if the Spanish people tend to have a bit of a lisp in their language and I'd heard that it was because some prince in the past had a lisp and so the, the population basically just copied him and uh, the person I was talking to, this guy who was a bit of a genius, he knew it was actually some queen, he knew the queen's name, he knew kind of the year it happened, he just kind of knew the detail of the facts. And even as you talked to him, he was just someone who loved the thing I really liked about him, and I could go into some of the work that he was doing in his career, and it's mind blowing, world impacting stuff, but his just his desire for understanding was so high. And I found that really appealing. You know, I've always been someone who's you know, the, the finer tuned detail of understanding is probably something I haven't sought enough of and it's, it's, I'm aging, it's something I'm, I'm finding I want to move more toward and his, his uh, you know, obviously he's been a person who's set in this desire for the highest level of understanding uh, and then to be able to express that and communicate and understand and apply that to the world is something he does very well and again, I, I spent, you know, a couple of hours with this person. So I don't really know. I'm, I'm, I'm making pretty broad judgments here, but I was pretty impressed and I was pretty inspired by this, his depth of understanding and his depth of how to use understanding to then create an impact on the world. And uh, I, I, you know, I don't want to share exactly what he's doing because he may not want to. But um, some of his work was very, very important work that could touch millions and millions of people and so uh there, there was one of the things about my holiday and i think about my holiday which is a really interesting inner an experience for me uh, there's two things one one is how much i became a defender of my own ego when i was in environments of uh, where i was surrounded by lots of people who didn't know me and, and when you're traveling that's kind of you know, you're, you're, you're seeing lots of people and and this is people who aren't really even getting to meet me, just literally always seeing me on the street, walking past me on the street and I found, you know, in my everyday life, you know, I spend a lot of time alone at home or, or with my wife Jo at home. Most of the people I spend time with in my life I know, so the people at the gym, my friends, my family, the people at my running business, I have a relationship with, so I don't spend much time necessarily thinking about what they think of me. I, I assume... Probably subconsciously, this isn't something I've really thought about, but I assume that they kind of know me, and, and I, I feel probably most of them have a good judgment of me. Maybe they don't, but... So I don't really spend much time thinking about what the world thinks of me. Uh, but when I was overseas, I spent I, I found myself spending quite a bit of time thinking about what the world were think, was thinking of me, and it wasn't a conscious decision. It was just something, you know, it was just something... That I was going through as I was walking down the street and you'd see, you know, lots of people who didn't know. And, and I was, it was I don't know if it was a healthy place for me, to be honest. It was often, I found myself defending myself. Um, I found myself, yeah, um, and, and I'm not sure if I can describe this well, but I found myself, it was probably coming from an insecure place within me. Me not being comfortable and this is weird because I didn't feel uncomfortable but I found myself when people would be looking at me I would go into a defensive place within myself and be assuming what would be the way they are interpreting me and um, and it's really interesting when you think about this because it would often come on the things that I think are important so for me it would be things like health and fitness like they would they think about me within health and fitness now the irony of this way of thinking is that most people aren't really thinking about people around them. you know we might make a quick judgment call, but most people are just thinking about their own lives and secondly, the way we observe other people will be around our own context so the way I was perceiving i wouldn't even say it the judgment, just the interpretation of me was very much based around what I think is important to my world and um and was I comfortable with that yeah, I think i think I was I'm not quite sure if I was maybe at times I wasn't um but You know, it probably wasn't realistic to the experience I had. So it was really just all in my head. But it was just a really fascinating thing. I I found I spent, not not a huge, well no, I would say, you know, when I was out and about, probably a bit of my time was spent on that. And it was probably a bit of a waste of my time. Um, I was probably better off just trying to deepen my connection with Joe, enjoy the experiences more, um, you know, learn more and all those types of things. Now, I did do those things, but yeah, it was just a really interesting kind of ego experience for me and, and I think that it's, it's definitely something that I take something from it in a way that it's, that it's probably not the best use of my time in my life so maybe in the future if I go into these experiences where um, I'm meeting a lot of new people or at least I'm feeling people are interpreting me is to learn to let that go is probably something to think about just lastly that before I get into the main just of the show one of the third things that I really found interesting was that we went to countries where um, different languages, so we went to some countries where English, now the nice thing being an English tourist is, uh, or being at least English speaking tourist, is most places we go to have some level of English, so you can get by speaking English, but some of the places we went to English wasn't the main language, and um, so you'd see a lot of people communicating in different languages, and I really loved that, because one of the things, you know, we live in this moment in history right now where there seems to be a move back to division, you know, that um, one of the concerns around some of the political speak we hear right now is it's their fault, they are the problem. You know, and one thing I, I kind of fundamentally believe is that most of us have pretty similar human needs. Need for love, need for family, need for security, um, you know, need for fun, and all these types of things. You know, like even when you think of the most extreme people, like like the ISIS characters of the world, I'm sure they need to laugh. Like when we think about them, we think of them as just always being evil and horrible. But And, and don't get me wrong, I think what they're doing is horrible. But at the same time, You know, I'm sure they have pretty similar needs of belonging and um, love and friendship and those types of things. So it's interesting when you're in a different country where they're speaking different languages, because the way I, you're not you're not using the words they say to interpret people. You know, this is me being the other side of of what I was talking about before. So this is me just kind of observing other languages and um, or other people. And because I don't have words to interpret them by, I'm just interpreting their social interactions. And the thing about my experience of it, now again, this is me probably coming from what I've prioritized, so it's me interpreting it based on my context, but we are also similar. You know, the the basic needs that we have are also similar. And when you see that in a way where it's a different language, so you are only just looking at the core person, to me, it just allows me at least to really feel that you know what it's more just about creating connection and understanding together. So we see we're all pretty similar, which helps us to realise that we kind of should be here to help each other on that journey. Um, and so that was probably one of the other things from my journey was that just that the removal of language allowed me to deeper experience human needs and. Allow me to experience the sense of what I want is the same as what they want, and we can all have it together. Now, I know that might be quite altruistic, but it's definitely how I felt. And then, lastly, I just one last thing was I did a running race when I was over there. Um, we, we put on a triathlon camp at the end of the um holidays. So, John, again, like from the camp that we did I was talking about before, and uh, I did a running race, and I haven't done a running race in a while. And to be honest, I got third in the running race, which is pretty cool, but at the same time. I should have got third in the running race it wasn't a very strong field and but it was really nice to go through the experience of building intensity again for endurance athletes the, the job of the the run uh, uh, an event is to pace yourself well to be conditioned well for it and then to pace yourself well for it and i started this race and two guys who are probably of similar ability to me um maybe a little bit better took off and i probably could have stayed with them but I had the discipline to remind myself, no, I wanted to stay within a good pace. And and so I stayed in a good pace. And then with about 5K to go, it was an 11K race, with about 5K to go, I just put the foot down and I pushed hard to the end. And I tell you what, I love intensity. And I love, you know, when you because when you build intensity, so for the first 6K of the run, I was running, you know, I was running challenging, but I wasn't killing myself. And I knew a 5Ks to go, I wanted to step it up. And then from that moment forward, you're just, building intensity, you know, because you're going faster, it gets harder, so then to hold that faster pace, and then try to increase that faster pace, becomes this harder thing, and with about a K to go, I knew I had a K to go, but man, I was killing myself, and I wanted to get to that finishing shoot, you know, to see the finishing shoot, and just sprint, and, you know, but to, to get to the end, I know that's all that I had left, and it was, I, and I did it, and it felt really great, and it's just that appealing thing of that, so, Anyway, there's some insights from my holiday, Um, you know, Europe, if you haven't had a chance, make sure you get there at some stage. Anyway, before I get into the main gist of today's show, I'm just going to quickly talk about a few of the patrons of the show, so let me just pull them up right now, and as always, I've got to say a big thank you to patrons. If you want to become a patron of the show, just go to bevanjames.com, it's all very clear on the website, Um, and the reason is, is if you support, you know, I'm a big believer in today's world, you know, content has changed. And if you like someone who brings value to your life, you know, to throw a few dollars there away is a really important thing. And I know I've got a few favorite podcasts myself, and I'm a patron of those guys' shows, because all the guys and girls, because I want to make sure that I'm supporting the people who create content I really like. And that's what this is all about. And these people are some of the people who are supporting my show. We've got Charlotte Music to the World Bell. We've got R- Ruel Street Fighter Bell. Uh, Branko, we've got Josh, Complete Grit Alice, he comes to my classes, we've got Sabine, Sabrina, the number one and last name pick, the number one pick see there and then we've got Ruth, on fire uh, New Stub, and so those people are patrons of the show, if you want to become a patron of the show, just go to www.bevanjames.com and it's all pretty clear on there, and just lastly before I get on the show My 5k Dream is my 5k running product that gets people from doing nothing to running 5ks, and it's not just an app, it's like Everything you you know, I we've actually just the first bunch of people who did my 5k during a completed their 5k run, it's very cool. I got a really cool testimonial the other day from someone just saying, Man, this product just over delivers. And so, if you are thinking about running 5ks and you, you want to do it in a way that's you know, you need where every Every base is covered. Check out my5kdream.com. If you sign up on that page, you basically I give you three free videos and then you kind of go through my sales process and you can sign up after you've watched the three free videos. So check that out, my5kdream.com. Anyway, we're going to get into the main gist of today's show, faking it till you make it. Here we go. So we all have areas of our lives where we're a bit limited, you know We, we you, you know, like I'm I'm sure if I were to ask you right now which areas of your life are you a little bit limited in? Most of us probably have some answers now, some people don't. Some people will probably feel really free in every area, and I suppose that's the ultimate place we want to get to. But you know most of us have areas of our lives where we feel really limited. It might be your exercise, it might be your academic side, intelligence side, it might be um, as a musician, it might be, as, you know cooking you know just it might be an area of your life where you have you know this limit around yourself and it's a really interesting thing to identify and one of the really great ways to identify is when you talk about this area to other people how do you tell them you are in this area so it's interesting when you, it's funny when you talk to people about something so, I play music. I play, you know, you guys know I play piano. And so, when you tell people you play a lot of music, often what they'll do is they'll express to you their place in music in their life. So, I might say, I play piano, and then someone goes, Oh, well, I was never that good at music. Or, you know, when I was younger, I played this. Or, yep, I definitely do this. You know, we it's funny how when we, I've never really thought of this right now, but it is funny how when we self express ourselves about our own identity and the things that help create our identity, others will express where they sit in the area themselves. So if I were to say, oh, I love exercise, how would you respond to that in a conversation with me? Or if I were to talk about, you know, some other area, you know, like, so for good example, so my wife Jo, she's an amazing cook, and so, you know, she loves spending time in the kitchen, and I feel very lucky because... Uh, I've got to be honest, I don't do much cooking in the house. Uh, I make lunch, she makes dinner. And, um, and she just always does an amazing job. And so when she talks about herself as someone who does cooking or, or makes dinners and stuff like that, it's she says, oh, well, I really enjoy it. It's my downtime, it's relaxing, and I like to create and so on and so on. Uh, when I would say about myself as a cook, i say, well, I can cook enough to survive, but I wouldn't say I'm that creative at it. So you can see how I put this context around it so that what well, I get by But that's the standard I'm at. And it's a really interesting way to observe yourself to really get an understanding of some of the limits that you put around yourself. So the limit I put around myself is that I'm not a creative person in the kitchen. So as you think about yourself and the areas of your life where maybe you are limiting yourself, how do you express that to those people in your world when maybe that area gets brought up? Now that's a really interesting thing, because if we think back to Carol Dweck, who I've had on the show in the past, and we think back to that kind of growth mindset versus fixed mindset, well, if I'm saying uh, I'm not creative in the kitchen, does that mean I'm never going to try to be creative in the kitchen? And if I look at my history, it tells me that's true, because I've never really tried to be creative in the kitchen. On the keyboard, I try to be creative. In the kitchen, I don't. Even when I'm trying to, if I'm trying to learn something to cook, I'm always going to go to the recipe book. And I stick to the recipe book 100%. But if Jo gets a recipe, she might play around with it and tweak it a little bit and do little bits and pieces because she sees herself as a creative cook. So I suppose the first thing is just to start to learn the areas of our life where we have limits because ultimately I suppose what I'm trying to help you identify here is maybe this is an area that you can work on based on what we're going to talk about today. So what is that area is the first question I'm going to throw you at. They'll throw at you. So then the second thing I want to think about is this idea of persona. So a persona is a thing that is it's, it's an acting term and in acting what they talk about is um. A persona is the person that you are playing when you are acting. I remember years ago I did some training as a, as a group fitness instructor, but it was very much based around the different personas we use when we are teaching. And I have to admit, I have these personas that I step into when I am teaching. Now, are they me? Well, I think in some ways there are, there are there's aspects of me within it. But then there's also these personas that I sit in. So, like, one persona that I'll sometimes sit in when I'm teaching is an arrogant person. Now, if you meet me in life, I'd like to think I'm not arrogant. i like to think that I'm someone who has an aspect of confidence in my ability, someone who's willing to try. Um, But uh, to me, arrogance is that I need to push other people down to bring myself up. And I really, that's something I dislike most in other people, so it's definitely something I try not to be in this world. But as a fitness instructor, sometimes it really motivates people if you can be a little bit arrogant. So sometimes as an instructor, what I will do is I will say something like, I'm the fittest person in this room and no one can take me on. Now, for some people in the room, now not everybody, but for some people in the room, me saying that is like, oh yeah, you you, want to challenge me, I'll take you on. And it helps to lift them to a higher level. Now, do I really think that? Well, m- maybe, maybe not, but its I'd never express it normally. But in this moment, I'm using it as a tool, and I'm putting on a persona of an arrogant person to help people work harder. Like, sometimes one of the personas I put on is the sexist pig. And I and, and do it in a joking way, but what I'll do is I'll literally... In a spin class, I'll say, come on, girls, you know boys are better. And, and I do it with a bit of cheek. Like, they, they know I don't really think that. But I just say it as a way to challenge the females to work harder. So I'm putting on this persona that I'm an arrogant, kind of sexist, chauvinistic pig to motivate women to work harder. And, and, I, and, and I think... Well, geez, I don't think that that I really believe that. But I know that as a fitness, what's my job as a fitness instructor? My job is to bring the best out of people, and sometimes using that persona is a great tool to bring the best out of people. And I can tell you it works because how do I know? Because when I do that tool, particularly like the arrogant person with certain people or the sexist pig with females, those people, when I look up in the moment when they're meant to be working hard, they are killing themselves. So the objective of helping them find their, fir- their higher level is achieved by me putting on this persona of being sexist or being arrogant. And is that me? Well, the answer is no. I'm I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not sexist. I think we should all equal, and I'm definitely not arrogant. I don't think I'm better than other people, and and I don't try to bring people down. But it's a tool that I use. And there's, there's different types of personas as well. So, like, you know, in certain times in life, and maybe you can consider your personas, like um, in certain situations, if I have to be in front of a group, so like I spend a lot of my life in front of a group, and I can just, you know, the Bevan at home is different to the Bevan in a group. And. I know how to stand up in front of a group and give them a sense of confidence. And and what I mean by that is, so like as a leader, I always think that, it's particularly if you're in front of a group of people, what you're trying to let them know is that they are safe in your hands. So um, a really good example. So we've been away for six weeks and we've just come back to our runners and, you know, we've got our running business and we, we, our, our business continues on as we are, Away, so we've got a, a group of coaches, and in, in, you know, but we also have a new group starting every two months. And so, and while we were away, we had a new group of runners coming along. And so, we turned up last Saturday when we got back from our holiday, and you know, a, th- a quarter of the group were people who had never met Joe or myself before. And so, going along to that, I knew that as a leader, I needed them to feel trust and safety that I was a good leader when I came along. So when I turned up to that session, I made sure that I understood that my energy was to make sure getting around new people, building a sense of trust and credibility. When I got up and stood in front of the group, I did it with the sense of I, the way I spoke was in that I knew my stuff. The way I spoke was that I, I was there was clarity, there was trust. It was that, oh, I'm okay in this guy's hands. And as a leader in those environments, that's something that's really important when you're building a rapport and you're you're helping to help people achieve what they want to achieve. Because if people trust their leaders, they will go further with you. So it was a really important moment for me to help establish that relationship with those people who had never experienced either Joe or myself. And Joe was doing the same thing on her side of things. Now, that's a persona that I sit into. So when we're going to that session, we're setting up the course, and when we're going to it, I knew I need to sit. And this persona of me being a leader, because it was a really important thing for the people doing our business, the experience that they were having. So this is a persona that I know. So when we think about personas, we we often use them in different times in our lives. For me, it's as an instructor. It's when I need to be a leader. It's you know these different times in our lives. And I suppose maybe if you're reflecting upon yourself right now, what are the personas? that you use in your life you know it might be that when you have to do a speech at work you you put a persona on to get on that stage or it might be um you know I'm not quite sure I I really know I'm not quite sure of your experience of life but do you use personas and you may not have identified it but it's kind of the the approach I take into certain parts of my life and the, the approach may be different in different areas so that's just something, you know, that's what I just wanted to clarify what a persona is so then what we want to think about is when are our personas working for us and when are our personas working against us and if I go back to the idea of those limits that I talked about before so that kind of, you know, how do you express yourself in certain areas Well, that's kind of a persona you're putting around yourself, isn't it? So if I say I'm, you know, I'm a pretty basic cook and I'm not very creative, it's almost that's a persona that I approach any time I go to cooking, isn't it? Then I move into that cooking world. I put on this persona as, oh, well, I'll go with what I know or I'll get a cookbook and follow it to a T without going outside of that because that's how I express myself so then the way I interpret myself in the world has this persona around it and then you know so again if I go back to the two questions I've thrown at you so far is what are the areas where you put limits on yourself and then what's the persona you've put around yourself in that now when we start to identify this then we can start to see that there's a flow-on effect of the persona and the limits that I've put on myself and the actions that I'm going to take in that area so Again, if I'm going back to my cooking example, if I see myself as someone who's a pretty basic cook but can get by but is not creative and it's the persona I put into when I go to cooking, what are the actions that flow on from that? Well, the actions are I'm never going to try to be creative. That's, you know, when it comes to cooking, the way I look to cook is to go with what I know, so go with the trusted, go with what's proven to work, or go with a recipe book which I just follow to a T so I'm never going to go put an extra bit of this and a bit of that to see if I can mix it up a little bit it's no that's what the book says that's what I should do so that's the persona I'm sitting in when I'm cooking and that's the actions I will take because of that now you can see how this persona is limiting the actions that I want to take so I'm always going to be this as a cook as if I hold this persona now if these areas of your life are really limiting, now I've got to be honest I don't necessarily care about being a great cook um, You know, it's, it's an area of my life I don't spend a lot of time doing I'm lucky I've got a wife who enjoys it um, And so it's not something I'm necessarily trying to work on But for some people these areas might be a big area So for me when I was younger, I would have been spelling I'm not intelligent enough to be able to spell So I would never try spell. I would avoid spelling, that was the action I'm not smart I can't spell, so I my persona was I'm lacking intelligence in this area. The actions meant that I was never willing to spell, and that was a really scary thing for me. So then, what we want to think about is: so we've identified if I hold this persona, what actions does it close me off to in my world? And sometimes those areas aren't that important. So, like me with cooking. So sometimes you go, you know what? I'm quite happy to sit in this persona. But other times, those actions might have big effects on your life in areas that are really important to you. And that's where this is really, really important. So as I'm throwing this at you today, are these areas areas where you really do feel limited by in ways that actually hurt your life? Like if you're overweight and unfit and your persona is that I suck at exercise and your actions mean, that that leads to actions that you're never willing to try exercise and never try to get fitter and then you feel bad about yourself because you're overweight and unfit well that's an area you need to be working on that's an area you need to address and this fake it to your make it approach is maybe an area that can help you open up to the different types of actions so ultimately what we're trying to do now is to open ourselves up to actions that we aren't currently doing, and then using this kind of faking it till you make it as a persona to allow us to maybe move towards that. So then let's let's shift along from here. So let's say then what we're thinking about is, okay, well, how do I use a persona to help me Open up new actions and, and it was really funny as I was thinking about this over the last few days often when I'm doing these podcasts I kind of have a thought and I'll just sit in it for a few days and then I write them down some thoughts before I start recording And you guys get where and, and I, I remember I, I was watching this um, documentary on Coldplay the band so you know Coldplay that one of the world's biggest band with Chris Martin and it was a really interesting, it was a really good documentary actually because it was kind of showing them recording an the album but it was just really showing their process and there was a couple of some really cool things that came out of it. One of it was um, Chris Martin having this moment where as a performer he he established, he understood how his job went. It, it, it went. it moved on from him caring about what people thought about him to the experience people were having while they were at his concert and he said when he first started doing concerts he was worried about how the, the the people in the audience, what they thought of him. And then one day he was driving to his concert and he saw all thousands of people walking to his concert and he thought, oh no, what I should be focused on is what's the experience these people are going to have when I'm there. And this kind of moving away from an external focus of me worrying about me to an external focus of what experience can I create for them shifted how he performed and allowed him to open up really in, in a really exciting way that opened up his performance. That was quite a cool insight from that documentary. But one of the things about the documentary was they they were recording an album and they got a producer and I don't know if you guys know much about music production but I think it's the producer. The producer often has a big influence on the album and so the producer very much will sit with the band and you know they, in many ways they are a part of the band because they are there to help the band explore, get deeper, so on and so on. Just add ideas and just help to make the best product that they can make and sometimes that's a really winning formula and then you often hear stories as well where it actually hasn't worked because people have really struggled to work with a producer and the dynamic of people working together can be a hard thing but if it's done well it can be really powerful and so there's a guy called Rick Rubin who's a very famous music producer and he seems to have the ability to be able to, bands just love working with him because he brings out the best in him. So the, in this documentary what they were doing is they were they had this new producer and he was renowned as this world-leading producer that you know pretty much all the top bands had worked with this person and, and, and working with this person, I can't remember his name, but in working with this person, they had help he had helped the bands bring out the best of of what they were. And so you start to watch these sessions where this amazing music producer, and again I can't remember his name, but he was working with Coldplay. And it was really fascinating because all he did is he made them go into different personas. So he said, that they had their bass songs, you know, and he said, okay, now what I want you to do is I want you to play that song, he said to the lead guitarist, I want you to play this song like your Slash from Guns N' Roses and, and just let it go. And so the, the guitarist would, would step into Slash's shoes and he played the song differently. And then he, So then he played like Slash and then he said, okay, now, now I want you to play it like the Edge from U2. And now I want, and and, and basically what he was doing to help the creative process for these, you know, very successful musicians, you know, Coldplay are one of the biggest bands in the world, they know how to put out hits, but to help them in their creative process, what he did is he said, I want you to go into a different persona to see what you come up with, to see what that will open you up to with your creativity, to see what actions you will do that maybe you wouldn't have done if you didn't have that persona. Now, the interesting thing was, obviously, it helped their production and it helped them explore different creativity and, again, helped them open up their actions. Because maybe when they did that slash version of the song, he would have just done things he'd never thought before. So the actions were different. If he hadn't have asked him to be in that, you know, the, the uh, slash from Guns and Roses persona, maybe he just would have stuck to the things he'd always done in the past. And that's where personas can come in place. So if we go back to what is the era of your life where you're limiting yourself? What is your current persona? And what are the actions that limits me to? Well, what we want to be doing is allowing ourselves to open ourselves up to actions that we currently limit ourselves in. And then in doing that, one way we can help ourselves to explore this is to use a new persona that would help us do this, like the music producer does, to kind of go, okay, well, I'm going to be Slash when I play my guitar this time, or I'm going to be some flamenco guitarist, or I'm going to be, um, I'm not sure, you know, different types of music styles, I'm going to be Kurt Cobain, you know, so I'm, I'm playing around with different personas to allow me open up to different actions. So that's where I want to challenge you moving forward in today's conversation is I want you to think of the area that you've got, think of the persona you have think of the actions that lead you to that may be limiting and then I want you to think about what are different personas that I can put in place that could maybe allow me to open up to different actions Now if I go back to this book, and I'm I'm, I'm literally taking this from the book The Brave Athlete, it's by Simon Marshall and Leslie Patterson, and uh, and I'll put a link to the book in the show notes here, and they have an alter ego development kit, and and they really say it's really interesting because this is what kind of inspired this, they kind of said that the fake it till you make it strategy actually works. You know, this book is very, you know, these guys are sports psychologists and stuff, and so they're really saying that actually it does allow us open up to new behaviours, and so this is definitely something that we we want to practice in the areas, you know. So maybe, even though I say I don't care about being a great cook, maybe one thing I could do is, and, and, oh, well, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to make a promise to cook Joe two meals. <laughs> she does it. I work at night, you know, that's my weak excuse. Um, and so I'm going to make two meals, and I'm going to try practicing an alter ego. So what they say, and, and this is a development cook, so they development kit that they have in it here. And so, so choose your area choose the limits and choose the actions now what we're doing here is we're, we're going to develop a persona that you can practice in the areas here so first of all to put a name in place so what you want to think about is what would be a name that you would give to your alter ego now your name can be anything it can be somebody who, you ins, who inspires you so let's just go with my version of cooking it might be Bevan Oliver because Jamie Oliver is an amazing cook and so Bevan Oliver, when Bevan Oliver steps into the kitchen this is the new cook that I'm going to be so what would be the name that you're going to fit that's going to put in your area so it might be that for you if you are overweight and aren't exercising it might be um, John the Trier and John the Trier is the person who's willing to try exercise you know, something like that and something that really triggers you like even as I said Bevan Oliver there I felt a bit of a boost in my energy What are the characteristics of the the Alter Ego that you're going to have? So you're going to describe the traits or the personality of the Alter Ego. So it might be that it's someone who, going back to me being Bevan Oliver, it's someone who is willing to explore in the kitchen in ways that is fearless and also understands that maybe at times it may be a disaster, but within that there may be gold. And so they love the exploration of the kitchen opportunity. <laughs> so you see what I'm doing here? I'm just kind of throwing that that's a characteristic. of so Bevan Oliver, that when he goes into the kitchen, that's how he's going to approach it. They've got inspiration, my alter ego reminds me of, and here they've got that you can list people or characteristics that, that remind you of, so it might be for me, Jamie Oliver, it might be, and it doesn't even have to be food, it might be this, you know, like, um, I loved John Lennon's creative, you know, the Beatles, the way they keep evolving his creativity, so I could be the Beatles of the kitchen, because um, it's helping me get to express my The version of myself That I want to be in the kitchen So you can list people Or you can list characteristics That are going to help you do that You can develop a backstory. It's funny when you think about actors You often hear actors talking about I know Russell Crowe Actually I I heard a really good interview About Al Pacino No, no, no Robert De Niro And um, this person Had watched him um, when he, you know, this guy is one of the greatest actors of all time and some of his acting particularly in his early career was was phenomenal And what they said was they followed him in because they wanted to learn how he learned to act And he basically would just go find somebody who was like the character and just watched him and, and ultimately would just learn their backstory and try to live in their backstory and then follow this person's life when he when he acted And that's, you know, if we think about this persona from acting well, their backstory did helps to determine the way they're going to act right now. So their backstory might be that, you know, when they were younger, you know, if I'm going back to my cooking one, Bevan Oliver's backstory is that when he was younger, his nana would spend time in the kitchen with him and his nana would help him introduce him to lots of new flavours and putting those flavours together and she would encourage him to try different things to see what those could be, what were the puzzles to help him figure those things out. So you see what we're doing here, we're building this story of this, this ultra-ego, this, this persona. How will you get into character? So this is, you know, making that transition. So for me, in this Bevan Oliver, how would I get into character? Or maybe it's that kind of, before I step into the kitchen, I take a moment to breathe, I think of my backstory and remind myself of the ego. I remind myself of the characteristics of willing to try. And I, I almost just have a moment, breathe step into it, and then I don't do that until I feel in the space, and then I walk in the kitchen, and that's who i be in that moment, how will they act, and this is where, going back to the actions that I talked about before, the limiting persona that you've had to this point in time is limited actions, whereas now, they'll act in ways that'll open you up to actions that you haven't done, so for me, it's that I'll grab a recipe, I'll look at the fundamental of it, but I'll, I'll... try some different things in there. Or I may even just try to make something from memory and put some different things in there as well. So those actions that I would take will open me up. What will be the things that I will say to myself? So for me, again, as Bevan, Bevan Oliver, it would be that, oh, trying is, is success. Um, I want to see what, you know, those types of things. What are kind of the mantras you're going to say? What would be the way you think in this situation? You know, it could even be, you know, something that you wear when you're in this ultra ego. You know, like um, it might be that you have a badge that you put on. It might be, I'm not quite sure. Just those are the things that you would do with your ultra ego. So you can see what we're doing here with this kind of ultra ego development kit is that you're building the ultra ego it's going to be that allows you to have actions that are going to move you towards where you want to go to. Now, do you believe that if I went into, and I really built this, and and even just reading those answers, and I kind of was just winging this as I was doing this with you, but you can see how by doing this, that could really open me up to going into the kitchen and being a much different version of myself and I've got to think even as I'm doing this I'm thinking to myself as a pianist I do love the creative side of it but sometimes I do put limits on myself so this is definitely an area that I can do to help me open up my piano playing as a creative player so you can see even as I did this I'm definitely thinking oh I can go into the kitchen I can try this version of myself do you think that if I did that that would help me open up actions that maybe in the past I hadn't been willing to try now I think you agree with me that the answer is definitely yes isn't it now then what happens if I do that? Let's say I do make the promise and in the next two weeks I cook two meals with Joe and I go into it with this Bevan Oliver persona I have that mindset I have my little badge and I preload myself before I go into the kitchen and I do all those types of things my actions are going to change and that's where this idea of faking it till you make it happens because if my actions change and, and I you know have a couple of sessions and actually I do something that's Really good, you know. I do. You know, I make something that's really cool, and I'm really proud of it, and it f- tastes cool. And I, and I, mix it together. What happens there? Well, I get to own the confidence that comes with that experience. Not Bevan Oliver, although Bevan Oliver's an important part of me, allowing me to have that experience. But I have taken the actions, and then Bevan James Isles, me, I get the benefit. Of those actions and I get to believe that I can move forward in this area and that's the most important part of the faking it till you make it it's using the tool of persona to allow yourself to open yourself up to actions that allow you to build confidence because where does confidence come from confidence comes from experience of success in an area if you're successful in an area, it makes you believe you can stay in that area and maybe even evolve in that area. So, if I go and have a couple of experiences where I try to be creative under Bevan Oliver and I actually do it, then Bevan James Isles, the version that's not so much of a persona, can go into the kitchen and go, oh, you know what, I can be a bit creative. And then what does that allow me to do? It allows me to be more and more creative as I move forward in my experience in the kitchen and that's the value of the fake it till you make it. The fake it till you make it allows you to open up to actions that maybe you wouldn't have done, but you would never have built confidence in those areas because you were never willing to take those actions. And using a persona to fake it till you make it, you open yourself up to actions that then allow you to have success, which build confidence in that area, so that over time that area becomes an area where actually you're not just Limited in, you're actually quite strong in. So that's kind of what we want to work with in today's episode is this idea of using faking it till you're making it to open you up to actions that will build you in areas, confidence in areas where maybe you don't have confidence and where in the long term that becomes an area where you're very confident because you're open to it. So if I'm going to quickly recap, what we're saying is that we all have areas where we are limited and in those areas we have personas that actually limit us from actions which keep us in our limited space if we understand that what we want to do is we need to develop tools to help us open up actions and using a persona allows us to fake it to our make it because when we use a persona it's not so much us you know bevan Olives, not me so i can do things that maybe bevan james i wouldn't do and in doing that, it allows me to open up to actions that the limited version of yourself, or me, would not, would not try. When you do those actions, you'll experience success, which builds your confidence. And the great thing is, it's not just the persona that gets to own the confidence. It's me, or it's you who gets to own that confidence. So, your homework is to choose an area of your life where you know you do this. So spend some time thinking about the way you build your alter ego. and Remember, it's, it's give yourself a name, think of the characteristics, you know, who do they remind you, what, what does your alter ego, who do they remind you of, or the characteristics, what's the backstory, how will you get into character, how will you act, what will be the things you say to yourself, what would you wear to remind yourself, these types of things. And then practice going into those situations with this persona. And then from there, allow yourself to own the actions and the confidence that comes alongside this. It's pretty cool stuff if you ask me, and I definitely, as I do this, I'll tell you what, I'm going to become a legend in the kitchen, and it's going to help my piano as well. So, guys, I always wrap up this bit with become the best version of yourself. This definitely is a tool that can help. So, fake it till you make it to become the best version of yourself. All right, I think that's pretty much today's episode done and dusted. I really like this. And and, and it makes sense, doesn't it? You know, it, like a good tool makes sense. And that's what I want you to think about is I want you to think about, okay, well, this makes sense. And, and as always, change only happens if we're willing to do the work. So don't just listen to this and go, oh, that's a really cool idea, be I, I should do this, do it, do it. Remember that movie, Star and Hutch? Do it, do it, man, do it, do it. So um, I, I really challenge you to try this. Give it a go. Make sure you do the foundation work. So make sure you do the set up the persona work. And as you saw, as I did then, it doesn't take long. So make sure you do that. And then from there, get out there and give it a try. And, and let me know how you get along. I'd be really fascinated to see how you get along. Anyway, if you want to become a patron of the show, go to bevandjamesos.com if you enjoy this content and it helps you you know it helps out helps me big time for the patrons i've got about 60 patrons and those people are absolute rock stars i've got thousands of listeners so you know the uh (laughs) the number of patrons is pretty small so those who are patrons you really do mean a lot to me I, i really appreciate the support you give to the show um my 5k dream i'm starting new group pretty soon so if you want to get in the new group although i'm saying that with my 5k dream you can sign up today you don't have to start at any time so you can sign up today and start in a month from now so there's no start time limit but i am going to be marketing again soon so you may want to check that out if you want to run 5ks and uh yeah i'll see you in a couple weeks i'm back into the swing of things back into life so i'll see you in a couple weeks time and uh spread the love about the show go to itunes give it some feedback or tell your friends and family on social media and yeah i'll see you in a couple weeks time rock on i'll see you soon